the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome into our midweek edition of the Spot Track Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Kravitz, joined as always by the only sane man left in Buffalo, New York, Mike Gennetti. Mike, happy to get this going today. We have a ton to get to here. Have things quieted down yet in your part of the country? No, I wouldn't say that. That's going to take a, a big ass kicking for the from the Raiders Sunday. I think to do that, it's um, you know the sky is falling still. Nobody's saying things that are going to make that better right now. But that was that's brutal. I mean, that's about as bad as we've seen Josh Allen play. So it's not a it's not something we were expecting to start the season with, especially after the drama that happened with Aaron Rodgers for sure. Yeah, and that's the big story from yeah. Monday night. So I wanted to dive into this with you. I know we've had a couple of days now to digest the news. Uh, it was a gut punch for anybody who's a fan of the NFL. I think no matter, would you agree, it doesn't really matter who you cheer for, your affiliation. No. I'm a Dolphins fan. You're in Buffalo. And nobody wanted to see that. Everybody wanted to see peak ver- versions of this entire AFC because it's a loaded conference. Yeah, I think uh, I think Dan Patrick classified it properly. He calls it sports depression. That, that's what we're all seeking right now with Aaron with Aaron Rodgers, right? Because you know it's not good for the league. There's a ton of primetime games for the Jets that we now have to watch Zach Wilson, you know, at eight eight thirty at night. So there's a lot to deal with there. But it's unfortunate. I think you know the Jets are going to handle this the best they can. But um, you know, will he be back? To me, is the biggest question. Can he come back from this? You know, despite right. of what the contract says. So it's a uh, it's a rough start for sure. So we talk about the value at the quarterback position all the time. ESPN analytics projects the Jets playoff chances have dropped by 22% with the loss of Aaron Rodgers. Can we put this into financial terms? Just how much they've lost with Aaron Rodgers going down. And I'm talking about everything from ticket sales, merchandise, whatever else comes with it, playoff money, things Mm -hmm. like that. You know, not exact dollar figures, but just to just to sort of wrap our heads around how valuable Aaron Rodgers was beyond just simply wins and losses. You know, it's funny. I saw that number two, Brandon, and and I immediately equated it because I'm a nerd to (laughs) to the value of the quarterback versus the salary cap. And Joe Burrow's 55 million is about 24 percent of the league cap right now. It's the highest cap percentage we've ever seen with one contract versus the total league cap. So those numbers are eerily close. You know what I mean? And and if that's, that's how true. if that's how playoff odds shift, is it safe to say that's how much a quarterback is is worth to his franchise as a whole? Marketing, marketability, sponsorships, butts and seats, the works. Probably, I think it's safe to say that a a franchise quarterback is worth about twenty five percent of the overall revenue on an annual basis for a team. So that's probably what the Jets stand to lose here. Give or take a million that Zach Wilson can, you know, retain with a with a sneaky win here or there. But playoffs is everything. That's where all the money's made. That's where all the juice is made. Uh, you know, all the ratings that matter come into play. So if they can sneak in as a wild card still, maybe they can resurrect some of that. But that's probably, you know, 22 to 25 percent is probably the overall value of Aaron Rodgers to the Jets right now. And I think a lot of people, when they look at the financial model of the NFL, if they care about that at a very base level, they think, well, there's there's revenue sharing, so everybody's kind of just good. Um, but it, it it's not that simple, is it? Where these no. these owners are still trying to rake in extra dollars. The would I be correct in, in saying that the revenue sharing just keeps you at a really nice floor as an NFL owner as far as operating your team? 
Yeah, it probably allows you to pay your players every year, except for those balloon, you know, Joe Burrow contract payments you have to make, which really sink you for a couple of seasons. But I, I do think that, you know, there's a reason all these stadiums now are having concerts every two months, right? And things like that to pump in the real revenue. That's the cash cow. You know what I mean? The revenue sharing does keep everybody afloat, like you said. Um, and some do better than others. But I, I do think there are, there's a need for owners to go elsewhere. Obviously, all of them have massive multi-million dollar corporations and businesses attached to them. So, um, yeah, this is a small piece in all of their puzzles. But it's a huge loss. Just to connect the dots. It's a huge loss when a player like this gets a, gets subtracted from you know seven the rest 17 weeks remaining of this NFL season, even if it's New York City. You know what I mean? Woody yeah. Johnson's still going to see this impacting his life. No question about it. I picture Woody Johnson the moment that he got the news, just just yeah. getting every important person in the Jets Nine organization. Tom Brady. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just put him around. If if I was if I was as rich and powerful as Woody mm -hmm. Johnson, and I was all excited, watched him in Hard Knocks. Seems like a very affable sort of character, and he wanted this so bad, you could just yeah. feel it. I'm so sitting did around. Rogers. Him, yeah, so did Rogers, man. Did. Yeah. I would sit around and say, give me your craziest ideas. Let's start with the craziest yeah. ones and work our way backwards. And how do you not bring up the name Tom Brady? Yeah. I, I know it's not going to happen. And we spoke about it on my show. I don't even think he looks like he could take a sack right now. I mean, he looks like a twig. But um, I would just be thinking of anything to keep this thing afloat. Anything but Carson Wentz, right? That's the one you never call. Yeah, I just feel like they already have him on the roster. If you wanted to go the Carson Wentz route. And and look, credit to Robert Sala. He believes in his guys. At least yeah. that's the face that he's putting on. I think everybody kind of knows what this season is about now. But um, Zach Wilson has an opportunity. Was it the right move, do you think, to just go, okay, Zach Wilson's already on the roster. We have invested heavily in him with the draft capital and he's been learning from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That they that they're gonna lean on him and not really go crazy in the quarterback you give, market. You give Zach Wilson the next six weeks, um, because of all of that, because of the track record, because of the knowledge he has for the system, all of that stuff, because there's probably some belief with that roster around him. I know he kind of he kind of gave up on everybody last year, so it's not like this is a perfect scenario, but uh, I'm gonna throw a name out there I haven't heard. Uh, and I think maybe you want to talk about it later in the show based on the agenda we have here, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave Kirk Cousins off this list because mm -hmm. if Minnesota continues to go down where a lot of people think they may be going and he's an expiring contract, Halloween trade deadline could very well be talking Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill in it. And based on what we saw this first week, Cousins can still do it. I'm not sure Tannehill can still do it anymore. So Kirk Cousins might be the best available quarterback come October 15th. And if the Jets realize that they at least have a chance for this wild card and, and Zach Wilson can't get him there, I'm not going to discount the idea of Kirk Cousins as, as a Jet for the last eight, nine weeks of the season. It does open up an opportunity for other teams in the league. Not that and one of my first thoughts when I saw Rodgers go down and, and you know that it's season ending mm -hmm. and, and everyone starts throwing the names out on Twitter. Other teams in the league aren't tripping over themselves to help the Jets win a Super Bowl. <laughs> No. But what they will trip over themselves for is an opportunity at Caleb Williams or one of those top quarterbacks. And this is where that can be achieved. So the fact right. that and, and Minnesota doesn't have a replacement right now for Kirk Cousins. So, you know what I mean? If they trade Cousins in week four and just completely bottom out, you know, and trade Jefferson, 
they'd be in this conversation pretty quickly. They'd be in that Caleb Williams conversation. So it's a fair point, Brandon. It's just so hard to do that in the NFL. It's hard to do that with the rosters. Uh, It's hard to do that to your fans. You just don't see that this is such an NBA mindset that we have right now. This would happen in the NBA at the snap. It would have already already happened. Somebody would have already found their way. And we gave them a pass. Golden State did this. You know, the franchise that we all kind of allure to be. They did it three, four years ago, and nobody really batted an eye. So it's not like it's impossible, right? I think it's because I don't know. Maybe it's just because of the the limited amount of home games that you get. Yeah. And you want to maximize those opportunities at exciting a fan base. I, I think if it's Minnesota and if they were to trade away Kirk Cousins, maybe after the way Justin Jefferson looked on the sideline, he wouldn't be mm-hmm. all that upset about it. You can't trade Jefferson though. That's the franchise. I think you give him an over the moon contract to keep him happy the rest of the year, knowing that your stats are going to be terrible, your quarterback's going to be no good. And that's how you keep him on on roster and move off of Kirk Cousins and try and keep everybody happy. Because it's if, not crazy. If Justin though, right? Jefferson's happy. He can keep everybody else sort of appeased. I think. Right, and and oh by the way, Caleb Williams, you know, seeing the Minnesota Vikings number one overall and knowing Justin Jefferson's there probably leaves USC yeah. right to to I bang off that last be, year's conversation. That's probably yeah. worth leaving for. Yeah, it's, it's it's so much fun to think about these different scenarios. Kirk Cousins would be pie in the sky. I think with what you said about Ryan Tannehill, that seems like the most likely scenario because the Titans are sitting there with guys that they do want to get looks to. Mm-hmm. Well, in Malik Willis and potentially Will Levis. So they'd be more than ready to move off of Ryan yeah, one more. One more name. Uh, Detroit's got three quarterbacks. One of them's Teddy Bridgewater. That that's a name that could be that could be floated yeah. out there. Detroit might not care about helping the Jets, right? Different conferences. So that's a name that's probably out there. I'm not sure it's a better option than Zach Wilson. I don't think so. Teddy yeah. Bridgewater, I think, falls into the category of what is most likely going to happen with the Jets. Is and it is what Robert Salas said. If you're just taking the head coach at his word, they did say they're bringing in a quarterback or they're going to give guys looks. But it's to back up Zach Wilson. So Teddy Bridgewater would be one of those names. So now I want you to strap in out there because these names are going to be a lot less sexy. It would be the uh, Joe Flacco's of the world. Um, Who else do you have in mind of those guys that you could bring in that don't rock the boat as far as distractions, quarterback controversy on Sports Talk Radio in New York City? Who can you bring up to back up Zach Wilson as break class in case of emergency? Yeah, there's really not a name out there. I mean, Flacco makes sense because he's been in the system the, the last couple of years, um, and he'd be an absolute prorated minimum right now. So it's 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 going to be somebody we're not even thinking of. You know, uh, most of these most of these teams are carrying three now. So most of the even minimum guys are on a roster right now or on a practice squad squad right now. So you'd have to pluck somebody at this point. But uh, to, to me, it doesn't make any sense to bring in a complete outsider who doesn't know this system and, and try to plug and play him in because this this is a, a talented team. You don't, you don't want to have to change schemes for this team right now if you don't have to. And Zach Wilson allows them not to do that. So, like I said, I think this is a six to eight week plan for Wilson. And if it you know if it blows up in their face, then that's just what they're going to have to deal with. But uh, outside of a player like Cousins or Tannehill, even uh, I wouldn't rock the boat with anybody right now, to be honest. If if uh, Trey Lance is still in the 49ers, do you think he gets dealt to New York? I don't think so, because it seems like he needs so much ramping up right now, wherever he is, that it, it just doesn't make sense for this rental process. But um, yeah, he'd be on the list. I mean, my God, I'm hearing Kaepernick's name thrown out there for every reason. Right. And he hasn't played in five years. So yeah. everybody's involved right now. 
Yeah, that's uh, that that feels more clickbaity than anything else. Yeah, know. You know, it always pops up. <laughs> what is what is Randall Cobb thinking right now? This guy, this guy came back with the specific purpose of playing with Aaron Rodgers, and that's they right. detailed that on Hard Knocks. He had, really didn't have much of an interest of playing football anymore. He walked off the field at Lambeau with Aaron Rodgers, thinking this was the end, and then Rodgers kind of talked him into coming to New York. You think this guy sticks around? Yeah, does he Antonio Brown himself out of like a game, right? Where Zach Wilson has five picks and something. Yeah. I don't know. Like I didn't sign not, up for this. This is not why I'm here. Yeah, he might not make it. He might not last right now because you're right. There's a there's a one two attachment there. Uh, and if Wilson isn't the guy, and if Rogers, you know, is st- you know, Rogers might not recover from this. He just might not. You know, we have to we have to be prepared for that. So this this entire franchise could be in disarray come next March, looking for a, a plug and play quarterback for a roster that is. My God, hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars paid over now, right? With the Quinn and Williams contract, Sauce is going to need a contract in 18 months. So uh, this could be a really, really big step back. And if Randall Cobb knows that immediately, he might just walk away from the game. It's perfectly possible. Yeah. My last Aaron Rodgers question, and then we'll move Mm -hmm. on. For him to earn his paycheck, does he have to be Mm -hmm. around? Does he have to be on the sideline? Because he was the de facto offensive coordinator. I think it was one of the more valuable parts of having Aaron Rodgers at this stage in his career is that Nathaniel Hackett could be the rah-rah guy in practice and in the film room, but when when push comes to shove and you got to take a snap under center, read the defense in the moment, change at the the line of scrimmage, Aaron Rodgers was doing all that stuff, very Peyton uh, Manning-like in his cerebral approach. So he would help if he were there. Does he have to be there? He doesn't have to be. I mean, he could he could claim he needs the rehab and he, and he needs to be away from the team to do that. I mean, many of the superstars do do that anyway. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just going with a gut feeling based on the hard knock stuff and what I saw. I, I do think that he wants to be the leader of this team no matter what. And I think he'll have headphones on and a clipboard in his hand for most of these weeks. There may be a couple of road trips that he doesn't want to take. Yeah. Um, and I understand that, but he doesn't have to be with the team to make this money. Um, and, and I, I just have a gut feeling. I wonder what you think on that. I think so too. I mean, it, it, it seemed like he really enjoyed that during the preseason. And yeah. this is what's amazing about hard knocks. I know nobody wants to be involved in this show for whatever reason, but how much has this changed our perception of mm. Aaron Rodgers and of this Jets team. If we didn't mm-hmm. have this sort of access, I don't think we would have these opinions on how this situation is handled or how this is being processed. We would all view this like, oh, Rodgers just came in and fleeced the Jets <laughs> and, and took advantage of the Packers on his way out. And we would be talking about him in such a negative light compared to what we saw, which was a guy that was completely invested, was a pretty likable teammate that wrapped his arms around Zach Wilson and enjoyed that coach on the sidelines portion. It really shifted the way that we're talking about all of this. I actually do think that Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers probably get along. Zach Wilson's got a chip on his shoulder for really no reason right now, right? He's kind of walking, walking around with a lot more confidence than he probably deserves to have. That's Rodgers in a nutshell, right? That's how Rodgers came into the league. That's how Rodgers became who he is. So I, I wonder if they're not closer than we're, we're even seeing on the big screen right now. And if that's not going to just engage Rodgers to, to continue to do more and to, and to lift Zach Wilson up. Because look, Rodgers has one more year and that's it. We know that. That's going to be it. So Zach Wilson could very well be in 24 months the incumbent quarterback if Rodgers plays his cards right here. And wouldn't that be? the biggest, you know, about turn, about face for Aaron Rodgers' career 
to then turn Jordan Love into a starting quarterback, a franchise quarterback, and then Zach Wilson into a franchise quarterback on his way out. I mean, that is the ultimate swan song for a, a player that has had so many up and down dramatic moments in his career. Uh, so I do think that's part of this. He's a big legacy guy. So if he can do this in New York like he did in Green Bay in just 18 months, I think he'd be all for it. Yeah, it stinks that we have about nine Jets uh, primetime games left this season that don't involve Aaron Rodgers. In fact, this Sunday, it would have been Rodgers versus the Dallas Cowboys at 4 o'clock Eastern time uh, with Nansen Romo on the call. That is just such a such mm-hmm. a cool vibe that you're not going to get. But if Zach Wilson does succeed, that will easily be the best story in the NFL this year. Let's move on. We'll talk about the uh, Chris Jones deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. No new years added to this deal. He's going to play one more year under his current contract that's worth up to $25 million. But I know that up to is going to take a whole lot of work. So do you want to break this one down for us? Yeah, this was shocking to me. This is uh, this is just a get back on the field deal. That's all this is. This is nothing special. Yeah, there's... There's an additional five million of incentives built into this. He had 1.25. He's got 6.75 million of incentives. About half of them are doable, but he's going to have to be great again. He's going to have to play 50% of the snaps, which should be no problem. He's going to have to have 15 sacks to get to four million of incentives. And if he gets there, he'll get back to the point of where he started with this contract, which is 20, 20, almost 21 million dollars. Right? He starts at 16 right now because he's already lost over two in training camp finds that he's going to have to pay out of his own pocket. And he lost week one, which is a little bit over a million dollars. So he's going to have to get at least half of his incentive package just to break even with 2023. So that's what, what kind of restructure we're dealing with. And then to, to maximize, he's got to win deep defensive player of the year. He's got to be first team all pro and the Chiefs have to win the Super Bowl. Only that, Brandon, right? No big deal. So That's only the perfect season. I mean, this is a running back package. This isn't the best defensive player in football pack. This is this was this was a a clown job by the Chiefs. They really did a good job holding their guns holding to their guns here. Um so he just straight up. And oh, by the way, maybe the biggest point. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. There's no no tag clause built into this. And and something to clear up quickly. None of these incentives factor into that franchise tag. So when we're talking franchise tag, we're talking $20 million and 120% of that. We're talking a $32 million franchise tag, which is still really good coin. And if he gets it, he should sign it because that's what his value really is at age 32. Um, but, you know, the Chiefs got everything they needed out of this, including their, their best defensive player back in the field for week two. All right, let's go back to the quarterback position. Joe Burrow signed a new deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. Five new years added to the contract. $275 million by the looks of it. This doesn't really kick in until about 2025. So is this pedal to the metal for the Cincinnati Bengals and what they need to do? The window that we always talk about, it'll be open to some degree with Joe Burrow on your team, but really wide open for the next two seasons. Yeah, look, they uh, they used six bonuses to make sure that the salary cap was going to be in their favor for the next three years. That doesn't mean he's not getting paid. He's getting paid $111 million over the next three years that only Lamar Jackson's getting more. So this is extremely well cash flowed in terms of quarterback contracts, um, but salary cap friendly for three years, as you're saying. So that means Jamar Chase gets signed next year. That means you know they can rebuild the secondary on the fly like they're trying to do. That means they can keep players like Trey Henderson, who they've already extended. And maybe T. Higgins on a franchise tag. I don't believe so, but maybe. Um, so look, he's done everything he had to do, and he didn't have to take a small contract to do it. So I think um, he's he's checked all the boxes. 
He's moved the gamut in terms of where the, the next quarterback contract is going to be for players like Trevor Lawrence. And he kept, you know, the salary caps fairly friendly for the Cincinnati Bengals to operate over the next three years. So is it the is it still maybe flirting with the line of the the Tom Brady formula where he always got his kicked it down the road and made sure that his team could invest in them winning? Is that still part of the model for guys like Joe Burrow and their agent when they go in to structure these deals? The guys that really want wins uh, on top of getting paid. No, let me tell you why it's different. Um, yes, it does maximize cash up front, like Brady always did. But Brady always signed two or three-year contracts. And the difference between that and this, and, and Burrow's on a seven-year contract now total, is there was always that element of, is he coming back? Right? It's the LeBron factor. LeBron can yep. continually put pressure on the Lakers by signing small deals to basically look to Rob Blink and say, hey, man, if you don't go and get these guys at the trade deadline, I'm just going to walk after this year because my contract says I'm allowed to do that. Burrow's contract doesn't say that without you know raising hell on Twitter and saying, get me the hell out of Cincinnati. So I, I, I think the difference between Brady was he was constantly putting pressure on Bill Belichick to either keep a player, sign a player, acquire a player, or make sure that the thing always kept moving down, moving forward. And I think that's smart. I think most of the elite athletes in, in other sports have been doing this for a long, long time, including soccer players, by the way. So I, you know me with these long contracts. I loathe them. This is the reason why, because you essentially lock yourself into a fixed income in a salary cap that's rising 15 to $20 million every year. And you also take the pressure off the team to have to move, to have to be vital every single offseason without making yourself look like a jerk and saying it out loud. Has the franchise tag changed that, though, to where where players feel like even if they wanted to flex that sort of pressure and muscle that mm -hmm. they're not able to in the NFL? It's fair. It's fair. You know, and the franchise tag is not going to be anywhere near this 55, 60 million dollars that that quarterback contracts are headed toward for a while here. So it's a fair question. Um but I look at it as there's nothing more powerful than a starting quarterback, a good starting quarterback in this league. And if anybody wants to start going out there and making a stink about something, they're going to get what they want. And, and I think that's where we are with this position in this NFL. Yeah. Uh, to that point, I'll go back to a number that we mentioned earlier, and that is a drop of 22% going from Aaron Rodgers to <laughs> for Zach a 40 year old, right? Yeah. Not a 22 year old. <laughs> yeah. For uh, their chance to make it to the playoffs. Just, uh, it, yes, the quarterback position, very important. I got some good quick hits for you, so let's run through these. Justin Jefferson, we touched on briefly, visibly frustrated mm. at the end of that loss to the Bucks this weekend. What are the chances he continues to suit up this year without an extension? I think, I think he's going to go for it. I think he's going to be okay with this. He knows where he sits. He knows where it stands. I, I hope he knows more about the future of this franchise than all of us do because they're certainly playing with fire in a lot of positions, right? They've, they've lost some defensive players, Kirk Cousins in an expiring contract, you know, they're, they've certainly, you know, flipped the running back position over in the past year. So I, there's a lot of questions. Um, I, he seems like the kind of guy that just wants to break records. And that's the best kind of player because those kind of players then have no reason not to be the top paid player in the league. Essentially, you know, whenever it's time for that, it is time for that. I just think the Vikings are weird right now. And when they stop being weird, He's either going to be traded for a boatload of first-round picks or he's going to have $35 million a year from the Vikings. I wonder what his true thoughts of Kirk Cousins are. Or maybe we already know the answer to that because he shared his top five quarterbacks in the offseason yeah. and Kirk Cousins wasn't on the list. 
<laughs> and then Cousins lost them the game on Sunday. So yeah. I, I think the frustration could be tied directly to his quarterback. J.K. Dobbins tore his Achilles. He's out for the year with the Baltimore Ravens. Yet it seems like the Ravens are good with Gus Edwards, who is just the gift that keeps on giving. That man is always the starting running back eventually for Baltimore. Why aren't they kicking the tires on Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette? They seem like the perfect candidate for that. Yeah, they just don't have to yet because of what you said. They've made it work in the past. I mean, this isn't the first time this has happened. Um, the problem is Gus Edwards usually gets hurt at some point, too. So once that happens, then they'll start kicking the can on some of these vets. Or, you know, maybe by then Jonathan Taylor is off the pup list and we have a real opportunity to snag a player like that for an eight month and a franchise tag rental. So I, I wouldn't count that out either. But I think they're going to roll with it for a few weeks and see what they have. I've been getting a lot of fantasy questions about Justice Hill. The guy has never had more than 10 carries in his career. Yeah, he's not valid until it gets to the uh, the five-yard line, and then he's money. <laughs> exactly. Two <laughs> touchdowns on Sunday. Big-time performer. I've been waiting to talk to you about this one because I just laughed when I saw it. The NBA Board of Governors voted on this strange proposal that won't allow a team to rest more than one star player for nationally televised games. There's no chance this has an impact on anything we see during the NBA season, does it? Talk me off the ledge here. I think this is one of the worst ideas the NBA has ever come up I, with. I try not to hot take. Right? I really try to stay, you know, facts and figures. And the second this got tweeted, I, I thought to myself, this is ridiculous. And it's not because of the specifics of what we're saying here, which is, you know, players shouldn't rest when there's a TNT game. And, and you know, if I'm paying 250 to go see LeBron and he's not playing, I'd be pissed off too. I get all that, right? This is as much for the fans as it is for the ratings and, and for the television partners. The problem I have with it is you are now directly impacting a team's ability to make decisions. And that is a slippery slope. You do, this, is a, this is a place I did not think Adam Silver would ever go. But he is going this far inside the locker rooms, inside Steve Kerr's brain, essentially. Right. We know who this is about and saying you, you can't you can't be resting Steph Curry and Clay Thompson on a back-to-back -back when we've got a Thursday night TNT crew and Charles Barkley is going to be killing you and Shaq's going to be killing you on live air and it's going to be bad for everybody. I just think this is a slippery slope because what's next? You know what I mean? What, what's going to be next? How about you do that? Uh, you, you, know, you start to impact how teams rest players and we build an injured reserve list and we don't pay these players if they're on certain lists and you can have split salaries like the NFL does so that if you have to take a rest day, it, it actually gets processed with the league and there's some sort of, you know, pullback on salary, which happens in the NFL, right? The pup list, you can drop down to a half salary if, if your contract says as much. I think going to the CBA and going to the financial challenge channels is the proper way to go versus telling a coach how he can run his team, which is a very dangerous place to go, in my opinion. It, it, I mean, it's crazy. And it's never going to be implemented because these coaches are just going to say, oh, uh, well, it's injury. I see injury management on the injury report in the NBA all the time. How, you, how we, can you question that? So many fans, I got so much blowback from my tweet. So many fans think this is the players. And in certain cases, this is the players. There, you know, there are certain players who say, I'm not doing it back-to-back -back because I'm 38 years old, right? God right. bless them. This is the teams listening to doctors. I, I've been at these conferences. I've been at these sleep conferences, which are the nerdiest things in the world, but I, I loved it. There's actual science out there that says, you know, if, if the plane ride is this long and, and you're on a back-to-back -back and you're playing four games a week and you average, you're averaging 25 minutes a game, your body just can't recover until this point in time. There's, there's science to this. And I know that's 
people have already clicked off this podcast because I'm going down that road, but it, it exists. A lot of smart people are listening to it. And that's why we're here. It's not that Kawhi Leonard is going up to the Clippers organization and saying, I don't feel like playing tonight. You got to sit me. That's not happening. Yeah. I, I just I look forward to seeing how uh, how they go about possibly enforcing any of this over the course of the NBA season. The fine people of Oklahoma City have announced a nine hundred million dollar arena that will keep the Thunder in their town until twenty fifty. Is this a smart investment or a desperate move? Oh, oh, this is crazy. I mean, I, I haven't seen a number like that. That's insane. I guess it's what you have to do, right? Facilities do matter. Uh, both to fans and players and, and everything. Um, they're taking the college approach is what they're doing here, right? I mean, this this seems like something that Alabama, Oklahoma University have done to attract the proper football fans and football players. So I, I guess if it works there, it can work here. Um, but man, I don't know. Seattle needs a team, right? Vegas needs a team. There's a lot of good cities that are going to try, try to get NBA teams and expansion may not be the best option if ratings continue to dip. So I, I get what they're doing, trying to put the cart before the horse here. But that's a heck of an investment for a team that has to be on the bubble. Don't you agree? They said, you are not leaving. <laughs> we'll never get a team again. O- Oklahoma City knows. I hope it's a multi-purpose facility. Let's put it that yeah, way. I hope it's not sure. just basketball. $900 million will be state of the art. So uh, I look forward to seeing what that those renderings look like. I haven't seen those come out yet. Max Scherzer's bizarre season likely coming to an end, and the Rangers are red hot, too. He remains under contract with Texas through 2024. He exercised that $43 million player option after being acquired by the Rangers at the deadline. Has this just been a disaster contract all around? It seems like no one that brings this guy in can really avoid how bad this thing is. Yeah, the... Uh... The Rangers acquired two famous Mets players, right? Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, and both of them got hurt in about an hour and a half. So uh, I would stop with that plan. That's for sure. I do think that Max Scherzer is probably out until 2024 now, and that's how the Rangers should operate. They're actually playing pretty well in spite of this right now, and I think they can roll with that. They're not deep from a pitching standpoint, but they did do what they had to do at the trade deadline to at least you know, bulk up a, a little bit. They're going to have to sit him out because, you know, even though they're only paying half of that 43 million next year, that's a year that they need Max Scherzer for 20 starts, 25 starts, and then another postseason. So they're going to have to ride this out. You know, Houston looks amazing. Seattle's coming around. There's no question about it. But Texas is going to sneak into this wild card, and that's where they have to do their damage. Rays Orioles starts tonight, four games set. That has to be the biggest series of the entire season. I'm, I'm talking about across the league. Yeah. For what that means in the AL East. Yeah, the Orioles have not gone away. They are really that good. They are really for real. I cannot wait to see what the kind of moves they make this offseason just to kind of, you know, figure out that one or two pieces that can make them the best team in baseball because they're damn close right now. And Tampa Bay, this is their time of year. You know how it works, yeah. right? They, they wake up, you know, all the sleepiness kind of goes away. Unfortunately, they've been impacted by some serious, serious pitching injuries this year. And I'm not sure they have the horses in the barn right now. So I expect Baltimore to pull not only this series out, but actually make a pretty good run in this postseason because I expected them to at least decline over the past eight, you know, month and a half after teams bulked up after the trade deadline, and they simply haven't. So I have to say they're for real. I have to say this is a young team that is able to win. I don't think they can get to the finish line, but to me it's Baltimore over Tampa Bay in every regard right now. The Orioles were so hot at, in the middle portion of the season. They put themselves in great position. I am shocked 
that the Rays haven't gone away. For all the injuries that you talk right. about, this team has faced so much adversity, and their and their most talented player, Wander Franco, isn't even part of the team anymore with controversy surrounding that. And that's mm-hmm. a team that's only two games out with the team that they're playing uh, ahead of them, and they've got four games. So this this how thing about, could how take about a, a while. How about turn. us talking about a hundred million dollars of combined payroll for two teams who might be the best teams in the American League? Exactly. It's crazy. That's crazy. all part of it. Yeah, yeah there's there's the way that they have. And they've both done it differently, right? It's in terms of Baltimore really building up that farm system and the Rays have gone the money ball route. Is that, or do you view the way that they have created their systems similar in any way? No, uh, no, they're different. They're very different. Tampa Bay's utilized the international process a lot more, but they've also poached really good players off of teams via trade. In like trades, if you look back at the history, you're like, how the hell did this other team ever say yes to this? Right? There's there's like three or four trades that Tampa Bay made. It's almost a Patriots type type situation or a Philadelphia Eagles type situation where you just cannot believe that the other team said yes. Is there like some back money happening? Right? There's some equity and some corporation that's being sent to these teams because it it, it doesn't make sense that that Tampa Bay has the players they have and got them for basically nothing. So it's brilliant work. They continue to be one of the most surprising teams every year, even though we shouldn't be surprised at this point. That does it for us here with today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast. Enjoyed all of the content that we just rolled through, and that is just the tip of the iceberg. Make sure that you follow this channel, rate, review, subscribe, and check out SpotTrack.com for all of the latest in the sports contractual world. We'll see you back here next time.